you were with us yesterday, um, I introduced a quote uh, from Father Pedro Arupe. Um, it was, a, it was a, as, we've, as we've come through this Lenten season, now we find ourselves in the Holy Triduum, right in the middle, right at the crux, right? Um, right at the apex of these three days. Um, we find ourselves uh, having gone through a lot in these last weeks and even in these last couple of days. But yesterday, the quote that I shared, um, just so if you hadn't been with us yesterday, I want to I refresh your memory. Father Rupe was asked by a reporter, can you give me something practical when he gave a talk on loving God and God's love? His response was, nothing is more practical than finding God, that is, than falling in love in a quite absolute and final way. What you are in love with, what seizes your imagination, will affect everything. It will decide what gets you out of bed in the mornings, what you do with your evenings, how you spend your weekends, what you read, who you know, what breaks your heart, what amazes you with joy and gratitude. And the final line, the kicker, fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything. Yesterday, as we, as we went through and, and celebrated the beauty of Holy Thursday, the adoration time, the, the time of being able to, to have, kind of memorialize and, and, and bring about the, the, the entire Passover experience that the apostles experienced on that first Holy Thursday, by, by washing feet and by celebrating the Mass and just by entering back into the upper room with the disciples, it's a really powerful moment where we get our chance to kind of see a culmination of all of Lent where we, I believe, as a parish, have fallen deeper in love with God. And that is a beautiful reality to think of. But as I challenged us yesterday, if we leave it in Lent, then it was useless. Because we don't just fall in love with someone. We have to then, as Father Rupe says, stay in love with them. I don't know if there's a better example or a better image or a better place that we can look than the, the life of a, of a couple, of a married couple. Because if we think about it, you, you, you have the different levels of love, the different kinds of love that will develop over the course of a life together. The first being puppy love, right? I think you're cute. You think I'm cute. We would be cute together, right? Walking down the street kind of like accidentally hitting hands until you grab it, right? Like those kind of things. Like, like there's, that, there's that kind of excitement and that, that young love that, that it, you, you, it, it hurts when the heart breaks, but, but it's so beautiful and it's so, it, it's so uh, pure and so like something to cherish, that we experience, right? That there's an excitement behind puppy love. But what happens about three weeks into the relationship is that the person gets boring, right? And then you're probably sitting there like, Father, that's a little bit too true. It's true. Uh, I mean, it's true. Like, the other person, like, there's no more finding out what their favorite color is and what their favorite movies are and go on eat at Taco Bell again, right? Like, at a certain point, like, you have to develop the love. If it stays in puppy love, then it is useless, and it doesn't bear any fruit. 
and it falls apart because the relationship gets boring. But after a while, then there's kind of there, there's a there's a, another development and another development, and the, and the love of a couple develops over time. I always tell my married couples whenever I'm doing marriage prep with them that there's a there's a beautiful experience of the wedding day. That the wedding day is an amazing experience. It's great. The cake is there. The bride is perfect and like looks looks absolutely stunning no matter what wedding you've ever gone to the the groom we just want him to be there dressed right and sober right like that's about good enough but like there's an excitement and a beauty behind a wedding day that is just perfect but it's not real it is absolutely perfect it's a celebration of the love that that family, that this young couple who's coming to make their own family, the, the I do's that they say is a celebration of all the months, all the years that they have been together. But it is not real. So much more beautiful is a couple who stand at a party or in a church and recommit themselves 50 years later, still in love. Still with a love that is, that is exciting, just like their wedding day, but a love that now has grown, a love that has been tested, and dare I say, a love that has suffered for the sake of the other. You see, that's how love matures. To stay in love is to have a love that is willing to suffer for the sake of the other. That's why today we come to celebrate Good Friday. Because what we just heard in the Passion account is about, a, 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 about our God who is willing to suffer for the sake of another. There's a story that uh, is really close to our family, that, that has kind of like become a legend, if you will, in our family um, of my grandfather. But 15 years ago, he, he was in the hospital, uh, and he had, they, they, we, we were worried about him, and, and he was in ICU, and my grandmother was there with him. And at one point, uh, my grandmother, they, it was ICU, so there's a time that you have to get out. So they, there was a, my mom, it was my grandmother, and my grandfather was laying on the, on the bed. Um, and the nurse came in and said, hey, visiting hours are over. I'm sorry, you're going to have to leave. My grandfather looked at the nurse and said, is there any way that my wife could stay? And she said, no, I'm sorry. You know, it's policy. We have to send, we have to send everybody out. And you could see he was down, and, and my grandmother gives him a kiss, and they go to leave. And my mom heard this in the background before she left, that the nurse looked at him and said, um, she looked at him and said, you know, uh, how long have you all been married? And like clockwork, he knew it. 64 years, whatever it was at the time, he, he knew it exactly. And she said, wow, that, that must have been really hard. And his response, laying in a bed, a man that had come to daily mass and was like super focused on his faith, been formed in it all his life, looked at her and without a, without a delay, he said to her very clearly, he said, nope, easiest thing I've ever done in my life. And she was kind of taken aback. 
And he said, you see, he explained this to her in an ICU bed with tubes coming out of him. He said, people don't fall in and out of love. The will runs out. People don't fall in and out of love. The will just runs out. I think as we pray through today's passion narrative, there were so many moments, as we prayed the way of the cross earlier today, there were so many moments that Jesus could have just said, I'm out. I give up. That his will could have just run out and he could have said, you know what, I'm done. It's not worth it. But Jesus Christ understood to stay in love with someone was that the will will not run out. And I'll continue to choose, even when it hurts, the good of the other. That's the love that we come to celebrate today. That's the love that has gripped our hearts during this Lenten season, and that's the kind of love that God is asking for us to give in return. That our will would not run out, even when Lent is over, even when we're done with Easter, even when we're back in like the world's going back to normal, that we would not revert back to who we were, but instead, we would continue to choose to love Him as well. St. Paul, when talking about this love that God has for us, this love of Christ in the church, he uses in Ephesians 5, in Ephesians chapter 5, I won't read it today because I don't want to hold you too long, but he, he uses this image of a married couple. And he says, husbands, be, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives, be subordinate to your husbands. Like, I'm calling you to love and to emulate this kind of love. The kind of love that Jesus had for his church. That you would be willing to die and lay down your life and suffer for the sake of another. That it's the best image that we have on this side of the grave. To come and understand the kind of fruitful, faithful, and total love that God has for us is in a marriage. But it can't be, and anybody that's been married for a while knows that it can't be just the honeymoon. It can't just be the easy love. It can't just be the still excited about each other. It, that sometimes it's hard and sometimes it requires us to suffer for the sake of another. If you've ever had the opportunity to go to the Holy Land, um, the, 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 the church where there's all of the, the Calvary and, and the burial and the tomb of Jesus and all those things, it's all in, in one big church. And when you walk in the front door, immediately to the right, as you walk in, is Calvary. There's a chapel right where it's believed that Jesus was, was crucified and, and where he was put on display. And I remember as a, as a seminarian, um, I was a deacon, we were able to go. And when we walked up, I walked up to the altar and the altar was there. And the hole that they believed that the cross was in was underneath the altar. It was right underneath the altar. 
And you could go up and you could venerate that spot, the spot where the cross was. And you can go and you'd have to kind of get on your knees and kind of hunch down and you'd, you could reach into the hole and venerate the spot that Jesus died. And as I did it, I remember I was standing there, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting, I'm, I'm last in line because I was probably last in the, in, the, in the caravan of guys, right? But I remember I came up and when I knelt down, I leaned over, I put my hand in, and when I looked up, under the altar, there was an icon. It was an image of Jesus that was staring me back in the face. And it was one that I recognized and that I loved. It was an image of Jesus when he's being mocked by the soldiers with a purple cloak around his arms, his wrist tied, crown of thorns on his head. The name of it is what struck me. The name of that icon is Christ the Bridegroom. That we see the spot where the Bridegroom, the one eternal Bridegroom, gave his life and said, this is how much I love you, the church, my bride. That I'm willing to lay down my life to suffer and to die on your behalf so that you and I could be together for all eternity. That's the mission of every bridegroom. But in a particular way today, we celebrate the love of a bridegroom who holds nothing back. That in particular, we come, when we come to, to, to venerate the, the cross today, when we come to kiss the foot of the cross, the same way that Mary Magdalene would have Today, in a particular way, when we, when we come to receive communion, that we are saying back to a loving and eternal bridegroom, I do too. I love you too. I'm willing to suffer as well for the sake of another too. And today, as we come, we come to answer to the inv invitation of love that God has placed out, that has laid out for each one of us. That in a particular way, that all of the things that has gone on in our life over the last six weeks, over the last two days, that everything that has allowed us to be more intent and more in line with God and, and to come to know Him and to love Him more, that it might become a choice. And not just be stuck it's puppy love. May today, as we go forward from this as we go forward from this celebration, as we go forward from receiving the Lord powerfully in the Blessed Sacrament, that we may choose to love Him back and not let our relationship with Him remain immature and not, not all-encompassing. Today we choose to suffer for him as well. As we say, I do.